In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you have been paying attention to the readings over the past few weeks, you may have noticed that there's tensions that are rising between the Lord and the Jewish officials, the Pharisees. And today we see that come to a head where the Pharisees are attempting to push Christ into a no-win situation. St. Matthew is careful to point out that not only were the Pharisees present for this conversation, but also the Herodians. Uh, And they were a class of Jews who were supportive of King Herod, who was the puppet king appointed by the Romans as a figurehead over all of Israel. So we can understand that this installation of Herod as king is an attempt from the Romans to keep the Jews obedient to the empire by allowing them to believe they were really being governed by a Jewish leader, Herod. So the Herodians are essentially Jews who are in favor of the Roman occupation. So the Lord is given a difficult question. Is it lawful to pay the census tax or not? If he says yes, then he seems to be arguing in favor of the Roman occupation, which to most Jews would make him seem to be in favor of paganism, especially since the Romans worshiped the emperor. We should also remember that in the Old Covenant, God forbade the Jews from taking a census at all. So by paying the census tax, it would also seem that Christ would be disobeying the law of God in the Old Covenant. However, if he were to answer that they should not pay the tax, then the Herodians, who were listening, would likely report him as seditious and attempt to have him executed as a treasonous rebel. So either way, it seems the Pharisees have him caught. Well, we know the Lord's famous reply, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. Now, Christ is seemingly put into a zero-sum situation, and then he reveals that it isn't really an either-or question. There is a deeper reality here. And in so doing, Christ also demonstrates the moral division between the duties of the state and the obligations of religion. In recent weeks, we have been given a political situation which many people, especially politicians, and I would say especially Christian politicians, are attempting to also present as a sort of zero-sum issue. And that is the Israeli-Hamas conflict. So since this is a timely issue that deeply involves morality and human rights, and is deeply impacted by today's gospel, it's important that we take a moment to understand the Catholic response to this, the authentic Catholic response. So the first thing we as Catholics need to understand is that Catholics are not Zionist. What does that mean? Zionism is the belief that in order for the kingdom of God to come about in our age, the temple in Jerusalem has to be rebuilt which means the city of Jerusalem has to be under Jewish occupation. And many Christians, especially Protestant evangelical Christians, use this as an argument in favor of the Israeli state. And what we need to understand, though, is that with deep respect to the Jewish people, and I mean that, Catholics have tremendous respect for the Jews, Catholics do not and we cannot believe that the temple should be rebuilt. Why? Because the new covenant in Jesus Christ has inaugurated a new and a fuller form of worship, which has perfected and now replaced the worship of the old covenant. In fact, if the temple was to be rebuilt and the sacrifices of the old covenant be carried out by the Jews once again in Jerusalem, we as Catholics would have to believe 
that those sacrifices would constitute false worship. Because God has ordered a new form of worship that is chiefly carried out here in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. So no, we do not believe that the Israeli state is necessary for religious purposes, or for the purpose of rebuilding the temple, or to return the chosen people to Israel. Those are not really in Catholic thought. Nevertheless, we do firmly believe that all people have a deep and abiding dignity, and they have the right to their homeland. We also believe in a a freedom of religion, which requires the toleration of other religious practices so long as those practices do not interfere with or disregard the dignity of others or interfere with some moral precept. So while we cannot be in favor of the restoration of the rites and liturgies of the Old Covenant, we do have a deep respect for the Jews and believe they should have the right to carry out their religion without fear and peacefully, and I would even say in Jerusalem. Now, Hamas is a terrorist organization. That's clear. We can all agree with that. What most people likely do not realize is that Hamas is not the same thing as the Palestinian Authority. Short form of history, really short, is that Palestine is not an accepted state. It's legally defined as a territory that's under Israeli occupation. So though Palestine is a majority Muslim district, the Palestinian Authority does not present itself traditionally as an Islamic state because it's occupied by the Israeli government. So it's not governed in the same way that Arabic nations are governed, for instance. That's somewhat the case also because there are more Christians who live in Palestine than who live in Israel. Now Hamas, as a terrorist organization, seized control of the Gaza Strip and oppressed the Palestinians there, which include Muslims and Christians. That means that Muslims and Christians both live under Hamas oppression in Gaza. And that's very important for us to understand as American citizens who look on in on this situation. Now what Hamas did by attacking an Israeli town and settlement was a terrible crime, a crime against human dignity. That attack has thus far left 1,300 civilians dead in Israel and over thousands more injured. But the Israeli state, in response, has declared that no one in Hamas can be left alive. So Israel has launched attacks on the Gaza Strip, which has left nearly triple the number of Palestinian civilians dead, civilians, and over 10,000 injured. And furthermore, over 2.4 million Palestinians are now fleeing their homeland as refugees, including a good number of Christians. Even as I was preparing this sermon on Thursday evening, the largest Christian church in Gaza, which was built in the 5th century, making it one of the oldest churches in the world, was directly targeted by an Israeli airstrike and destroyed because Palestinian Christians were sheltering inside. So what are we as Catholics to understand with this? First, terrorism is always evil. Nations not only have the right, but they have the responsibility to protect their citizens from violent acts of terrorism. And we as allies and as a world power have a responsibility to assist other nations in the defense against terrorism. On the other hand, retaliation, which goes beyond defense, but instead turns to vengeance, is another form of terrorism, and neither can be tolerated nor assisted. So what do we as Catholic Christians want to see? Our desire must be not victory, 
at all cost, either for Israel or for Hamas. No, our desire should be peace in the Holy Land, which means peace in Israel and peace in Palestine. Right? I don't think a lot of Christians realize that when we speak of the Holy Land, the Holy Land is not just in Israel. Right? The city of Bethlehem is in Palestine, for instance. Um, so we need peace for both places if we're going to protect the Holy Land. It's for that reason that traditionally the Vatican does not ever appoint a bishop separately in Israel and in Palestine. The Patriarch of Jerusalem has spiritual governance over both nations. And thankfully he's allowed to travel between both nations because he's not a citizen of either. He's Italian. Even though his faithful, including some of his own priests, are not able to cross the border. Christians are virtually lost in this entire consideration because they compose a minority. They're economically insufficient, and they're subject to two governments, neither of which want them or respect their presence. And the continuance of conflict in the Holy Land is the fault of all of those people, the authorities and government, who will not seek peace, who will not seek a resolution between the beliefs and practices of other people and religions. And now, here we are. No one say it again, no one can claim to love God and hate their brother. There is no place for that in religion, and there is especially no place for that in Catholicism. So this weekend, echoing the words of our Holy Father, we join with him, with Cardinal Pizzaballa, the Patriarch of Jerusalem, and with all the Christian faithful of the Holy Land, we join together in prayer, a prayer neither for vengeance nor for victory, but a prayer instead for peace the peace of God which passes all understanding. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, says the psalmist. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.